We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either you're first or you're last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Star on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. With 14 seconds left. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Star lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. Or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. And he's caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. I am your host, Numak, and with me today, for the first time, is my illustrious co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how have you been, my man? I do well. Do well. <laughs> Good, good. Uh, Jordan obviously hosts uh, Win in Six over on the Win in Six channel as part of the Eurostep Podcast Network with Adam McGee. Jordan, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about what's going on in the in your sphere? What's going on? Well, it's, it's basically the dead of the offseason, truly dead. Um, things are starting to ramp up. Obviously, Giannis is playing overseas in Eurobasket. And it's the Hall of Fame induction weekend. Oh, yes. And there's plenty of Bucks figures represented. And uh, yours truly decided to write an essay. Audio version. Um, yeah. So that by the time this is out, this sh- that should be widely available. So uh, go on and check out the latest Win in Six, and that'll be one of the first things you hear in it. Yeah. Because, Larry, did you mention who it's about? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's probably how you promote, right? <laughs> Not really good at promoting. No problem. Uh, it's about Larry Costello, who's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame um, posthumously. I believe that's how that word is uh, pronounced. <laughs> um, close, close enough. Yeah, close enough. 
Um, yeah, so it's about Larry Costello and just the honor and the weight and what his life was and what it means and everything like that. And just, I don't know, it's it's about like 11 minutes and it's a different than what we usually have done, but it may be glimpsed into the future in our our long gestating documentary that is, <laughs> has been in the works for a little while. Right, this is just a little snippet of that yes of that document yes. This, this isn't the documentary you've been teasing for all this time this is just a little snippet of what snippet. you've been working on yes and uh an hors d'oeuvre if you will. <laughs> i love uh, a tasty hors d'oeuvre <laughs> um so yeah go check that out on the one in six feed uh jordan uh shared that with the gspn crew when he was in the midst of editing it and reviewing it and i had a chance to read it and it was phenomenal so i can't wait to go listen to it myself so you guys should too thank you uh, before we jump in, one more bit of housekeeping business. If you clicked on this podcast, you might have noticed we have a new logo designed by the nice people over at Blue Wire. So we will have all the merch items for you to purchase and spend your paychecks on if you so please. We would appreciate it if you do. But you can keep checking um, and find the store at gspn.info where all of our links live. So we probably should get into it. Season predictions. Let's do Jordan. it. Predictions. Everybody's favorite thing before the season starts, and then they're caved in with how week one goes. Yes. So we're going to go through the schedule similarly to how we did uh, at in our last podcast, the NFL Overview, but this is going to be just Packers-focused. So the games we're looking forward to, uh, looking forward to watch and how those matchups might fare uh, for playoff seeding and just playoff advantages overall. And then once we go through that, we won't spend too much time on it. We will get into a week one preview against division rival Minnesota Vikings. So, Jordan, I guess I, I want to gauge your your Packers uh, interest in, uh, not uh, not interest, maybe uh, confidence going into the season so far. How have you felt about their offseason moves in the draft? I have in, I've liked it a lot even considering the stakes of losing the top receiver of football. Right. <laughs> um, of course, securing Aaron Rodgers and all the tattoos that, uh, that will be accompanying him. Um, that was big news. <laughs> <laughs> the defense loading up on defense. I'm all for that. Love defense of love the guys that they got to, especially Walker. I think that's kind of an interesting piece within their whole you know that side of the the ball that they didn't really have I, I mean it's been obviously not to dwell on one thing in particular but linebacker was not like a that kind of linebacker was not a very high priority until they found basically they found money with Devondre Campbell and they're like oh we gotta pay him he's he was all pro last year and they paid top dollar for him and surprisingly secured him um, but just reinforcing where, you know, what they've always done with the draft and develop, uh, mantra, just kind of reinforcing those same positions that you would think, oh, they're good on, you know, for considering who they have in their personnel. It's like, well, guys get hurt. It, it very well could be, you know, just spelling guys, or maybe you're without a couple guys, you know, on a week or hopefully not a long case, long-term basis. But, uh, I just... Very satisfied, but there's obviously bigger holes to address. What is what is the wide receiver core going to be like? I mean, you're 
really going all in on a youth movement more so than a long time probably yeah um now that i'm really thinking about it but like that's obviously gonna be a big question i don't know it's just, it's you say all these things and then you're just like okay they're in the north their main competitor of their rivals is the vikings as has been for a long time and the vikings could be improved but they also could not underwhelm and it's this is going to be a nice like test case and just to like what they are right <laughs> this year too right i think it's going to be i think you make a great point in that the packers haven't really gone young at receiver like this in a while where their number one receiver is alan lazard who's not very he's not very old he's not too uh too long on the tooth per se but like sammy watkins kind of fills that um veteran role that they kind of had in the receiving core all these years like alan lazard's only 26 so he's by no means young but he's not I wouldn't call him a veteran either. It's not like Donald Driver being around when they got Greg Jennings and right, right, and Jordy, like that kind of yeah. Sammy Watkins coming in. Yeah, Sammy Watkins being like the vet wide receiver in the room is it's not concerning, but it's just like oh, interesting. Like that's he's not the the vet I would have assumed to be on the roster. No, but yeah, I think the wide receiving. Uh, Cora is going to be a huge narrative in how this season goes and that in seeing how Christian Watson develops once he gets playing time and it may soon be this week one Al Mazard is on the the uh the injury report and might need to miss this game and if the uh and if Watkins and Dobbs need to show up right away then that's what they need to do to show that they are worth their while and can have Aaron Rodgers' trust instilled within them. So, um, let's hop into the schedule quick. Any, we're going through the schedule. We got 17 games for the second year now, as the the schedule changed last year. What games are you excited about first and foremost? I want to I want to pick your brain on this. I guess what what game on this 17 game schedule jumps out at you that is appointment television? Um, I think it's hard not to look at that. Tampa Bay game, especially in Tampa. Um, very well could be the top two teams. This could be an NFC championship preview. This could be maybe not that. I don't know. It's just, I mean, this is going to be, <laughs> it's Rogers Brady. It's all the storylines that come with it and everything like that. I think it's just hard to not ignore that. Right. Um, Outside of that, I mean, obviously, Bills, that's another Super Bowl contender. Um, the favorite. The fa- they're the favorites? Yep. That, I don't know why I'm shocked, but that does sound shocked. I think it's just yeah. the Bills aura, I'll, but they're obviously, they're not the same Bills. I'll double check <laughs> with you, but I'm pretty much certain it's the Bills. I saw Josh Allen as the MVP favorite, which I would assume those are interlocked. <laughs> that if, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, um, go ahead. No, I was just—I was just gonna say, Bills, obviously, Eagles. I am kind of really bullish on. I think that is maybe the team. I think taking the biggest leap this year, in part yep. because of AJ Brown. Their draft was—I I thought their whole offseason was pretty immaculate 
Um, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I know he has some uh, room to grow, but I think he is again, I think they've really invested into their wide receiver court Mm -hmm. and they kind of did it at the right time where you're, you saw it in Miami. I think it's a similar situation where it's like, okay, ironically, both Alabama quarterbacks do. Um, But like you see your quarterback needs help. There's obviously certain ways that they can utilize their new threats with AJ Brown. Terry Kill is just another type of different receiver in this situation. Um, But I think in terms of just the NFC look at it, I think they have, again, I I don't know if they have the the greatest. I think it's a very similar division to the North where Cowboys could easily fall back after what they did last year. And they are certainly not the most disciplined team in a lot of ways. You face them too. That'd be a good one. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Big Mac's, uh, is Lambo homecoming? Is it in Lambo, right? Yeah, but yes, Lambo. it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be an interesting game. Yeah. Um, with the Eagles, they also you can't forget their um they traded for Chauncey Gardner Johnson. It was like a really good. Oh. Corner. Yeah, that was, that was that was like recently, right? Right at the end of training camp, around like cut time. That's right. Yeah. Which yeah, like, there he wasn't going to get cut, but he they couldn't afford to pay him next year. Yeah. So that was the the consequence of the Saints's. Uh, Cap. Uh, cap gymnastics they've been doing the past decade. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm very bullish on the Eagles. Obviously, Rams here, I think they're playing against Super Bowl champs. Right. They kind of match up. I think that's honestly what the Packers are kind of going for, too, in terms of just like a run-heavy, dynamic offense that you, I mean, Matt LaFleur is from the Sean McVay coaching tree. They have similar principles and all that stuff. I think in terms of where both teams are this year specifically, I think that's kind of an interesting chess match that will be uh, had at that point in the season. But yeah, right. I'm all, I'm just all about like the NFC guy team just because it's like, that's the main competition and going into this year, I thought, I mean, the NFC is very top heavy mm-hmm. and the opportunity is there for the Packers to capitalize on that. Can they capitalize on that is the biggest question. (laughs) I think it's going to be fascinating. I've been saying it since we started this podcast. It's going to be fascinating to see how the offense develops this year. Matt LaFleur has loved a running back heavy offense and a run game heavy offense since he's become a head coach. He wants to get more into doing that. I think that's evident in the fact that the Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, uh, running back tandem is going to be such a powerhouse this season and why people are predicting it's going to be that is because he likes to run the ball and it helps when you like to run the ball and you have an back-to-back MVP all-pro quarterback able to throw the ball when you can bait the defense into into running the ball or into thinking you're running the ball play action mm-hmm. things like that so I'm with you on all the the games I'm looking forward to uh counting I'll call it like true primetime games because some of those 330 games like sometimes aren't actually like national like televised games they're just in the 330 time slot yeah they have uh next week week two is sunday night against the bears they technically play prime time is i don't know if the 830 game in london or in (laughs) in germany counts i'm not sure if that's what that that counts or not or i think it's in london yeah I'm not sure if that comes as prime time, but they do play. Prime time over there, right? No, right. <laughs> but then they play uh, Sunday night football against the Bills. 
Um, Thursday night against the Titans, Sunday night football against the Eagles, Monday night against the Rams, and then a lot of 3.30 games in there too. Like, I'm, if I was a betting man, I'd bet that the Packers were the game of the week when they played the Buccaneers week three. That's at 3.30. Like, that's probably prime time. So, oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of games this week where the Packers will be on TV for everyone to see and everyone to get a proper judgment of them on. So, yeah, I think those big four, the, the Bucks game, the Bills game, uh, the Rams, and the Eagles are going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Also mixed in with Dallas and Tennessee, too. Like, Tennessee and Derrick Henry is going to be a fun matchup to see if the Packers defense can stop one of the most aggressive runners in the game in Derrick Henry. So I mean, even, even that Miami game, Christmas Day, I know that's not the you know normal time slot, but... Right. Miami's going to be a fascinating team to watch where he had coached, but again, made a huge move to get Tyree kill their defense. Did they do they some big defensive addition? I maybe misremembering or the Dolphins. They added Tyree kill. I don't know. So that was like one of their bigger, they did it to tear down other defenses. There we go. (laughs) Perfect. I made the connection. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I bet, Again, that could be another interesting matchup too. Um, but yeah, the, I those definitely seem like the core four kind of games. Yeah. But so yeah, looking at the the schedule then, Jordan, we got to do it for Rohan. Record prediction. I gave mine last uh, last pot. I believe I said thirteen and four, or or just around there with another Matt Lafleur. The Lafleur special. Lafleur special. <laughs> what is uh looking at the schedule? What do you think? Uh, what are you thinking for a record? For a record? So it used to always be eleven and five. I would say that every year because the Packers are really good, but then they ruined uh, the NFL ruined my schedule prediction ability. <laughs> um, I will go. I go twelve and five. I think they're going to be. I'm not. I don't want to set this up to be like, oh, it's going to be like this because it very well could not be, and it's different sports. But I do think this year is kind of the the Packers uh, to make a Bucks connection. First two years under Bud, they go through the league. They're the best team uh, until COVID happened, but right. they're the best team for two years running. Get humbled and humiliated in the playoffs much like the Packers have been Best <laughs> and years. it's like yeah and it's like okay we've done this to the point where we're running into the ground we have big decisions to make on the two biggest players in our team who are coming up in free agency or debating retiring or hosting Jeopardy um, <laughs> um so I think that I think there are going to be some big lumps that they're going to take. I think I would not be surprised. I mean, this is I'm not predicting this for week one because I don't think the, the circumstances are there. But like what we saw last year to start the season where they just got trounced by the Saints, and it's right. like, what the hell just happened? Right. I think there are going to be game day or yeah, games this year where it's like this is not the same package thing that we saw the week before, or you'll see the week after. I think they're going to take a more measured approach even if their division just kind of lets them do the cakewalk that they do every year. Right. So I, I think that's where I'm kind of falling on it. Um, 
of course, I would like a better ending to the story than what has been the case the last three years. Right. But I do think if it holds up and everybody's healthy, knock on wood, they seem better. Um, their personnel shows that they may be more better utilized for postseason football. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's going to be the case when you know the ships fall, but right. I think that's I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, the run game definitely helps you in the winter when throwing the ball gets a lot harder at Hambo if they do go 13 and four and or better and get that one seed. We saw that last year that when Rodgers didn't have anywhere to throw the ball to Devontae, it got hard because of the rushing game wasn't just wasn't there. Um, and they had the other thing too, not to beat a good. dead horse, <laughs> but like their defense did everything possible, everything possible to make that game like. They, they didn't give to up make a it a win. They didn't give up. They didn't give up a touchdown. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I read other, uh, Drew, other forces happened. Yeah. On other special forces, we'll say. Yes. Um, <laughs> special, special forces team came in. Through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Space I read, force. <laughs> I read uh, uh, Drew Marjorie's uh, "Why Your Team Sucks" column. I read it every year. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things, and like. I always read the Packers one for him because he's a diehard Vikings fan and he mm-hmm. hates the Packers. So it's always like his, his best work. And uh, you can feel the hate in the he, words. Oh, every single word is, uh, there's no extra words. There's no fluff in it. It's all, it all matters. But he had talked about how like Rogers didn't perform well, our best receiving uh, like player stat wise was Aaron Jones. Yeah. that the defense didn't give up a touchdown and we still lost like he, there just has to be a better end to the season and i think that having this good rushing game that we have now is going to utilize that a lot better i'm going to be as a little preview of our vikings conversation coming up in a minute here i could see a reality in that they drop this first game with because if bakhtiari and jenkins both don't play and if Alan lazar doesn't play that's three huge players that aren't playing, and you're relying on essentially three out of your four top uh, receiving options in Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs, if that's how they go, and the fourth one being Randall Cobb, all being new to the system and not having really played um, at U.S. Bank Stadium before. Because, like, right to the Vikings and the Vikings fans, like, U.S. Bank Stadium is a hard place to go into and win especially as a Packer, because they hate the Packers. <laughs> and yep. will do anything they can to get an advantage. So, like, the Packers losing in Minnesota is not foreign. It happened, I'm pretty sure, last year. Yes, it did, yeah. 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 So, and that was, the year before, they wiped the floor with the Vikings, but that was also the COVID year where there's no... No fans. Won't be able to advantage. <laughs> yeah, no fans at all. So, I even throw in, like, I know we're focusing on the wide receivers, but, like, what does Robert Tunyon look like post-ACL injury? Yep. Their tight end situation is, I mean, Tony was a proven, you know, tight end option, red zone threat, obviously, too. Right. Then got hurt. And they didn't really do much to address it beyond bringing back Mercedes, who you need a vet guy who could still who, <laughs> turn back the clock a little bit. Who essentially said he would rather die on the field than quit playing from out the floor, which was cool to read. <laughs> That, yeah, that is uh, quite the endorsement for a coach. Yeah. If, uh, they'd not, rather 
perish. Right. He, he, which is an awesome, like, shout out to Matt LaFleur to being that sort of culture coach. But oh yeah, Mercedes, my guy, you're getting old. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's it's there's a lot riding on. I think too, it's just it, where this game could be. It's like we don't know. Obviously, all the questions with the, the receiving core. If they fall down a fourteen nothing hole, right. you're relying on the passing game. It's all about like game state from that point on, right? And it's just like, can they control the tempo? Can everything? Can their defense line up? Obviously, Jay Alexander versus Justin Jefferson is going to be, be so fun, incredible to watch. So fun, but you know, this it's it's a it's a very good test. It's beyond just the division, you know, rival uh, element to it. I think where the Vikings are and as we'll get into, I think they kind of are an interesting, not zag to the Packers, but they want, this is their, where they were under Zimmer. This is their reset year. Right. And they're hoping for a LeFleur like leap. Right. Just in Minnesota language. Gotcha. Before we <laughs> jump again to Minnesota, do you, do you have a prediction for any of the five games you think we, we lose? Looking at the schedule, uh, Tampa. <laughs> yeah, I think Tampa for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if like something weird happens with London, just because like it is just a anomaly game, right? Um, they also play like crap in Washington. I feel like every time they play there, that might be like the spoiler game, right? And that's a start of it's you don't see a lot of I mean this is gonna be new with the schedule now, but three a three game road trip, like it's basketball yeah. or, or baseball, like it's just weird. But yeah, yeah it's, watch it. Yeah, it's Buffalo weird. for sure too. I, <laughs> I would pick more games than what I actually have for my prediction. I know that that's why because when I made my prediction on the last podcast, I said whatever I think I said thirteen and four, twelve and five, or whatever I said. I looked at them like, man, that's it's hard not to pick some games where they might get to six losses or might get to seven losses. Yeah. I think you know, I'm going to lock it in Tampa. Okay. I'm going to call Washington. Okay. Buffalo. Okay. They're going to have to lose a home game. You're not going to go eight. No, at home. actually they might not. Rams, I'll say they lose to the Rams. Okay. Well, I will also say they lose. They'll lose the last game because they just will probably punt on it. To the Lions? Yeah. Okay. See, that's where it gets hard, right? So I think <laughs> I think they split the hard games. So, like, we, we, we listed the four. Tampa, Buffalo, Philly, and the Rams. I think they lose two of those games. Which two? I couldn't tell you. But they're no. going to lose two. Yeah. I think... Of that um, middle stretch of the season against New York, New York, and Washington, they might lose one of those because it's a lot of travel. They go to London, back home, then to Washington. Yeah, I think they might lose one in there somewhere, just as like like you said, a fluke or a throwaway. So that's three. I'm gonna go thirteen and four and just say they lose one game against then the division. Yeah, like that's kind yeah, of yeah, because they're always gonna yeah drop one. Right. Like that was kind of my thinking when I went through it is that that kind of is feels out how I expect this season to go. But mm. 13 and 4 is like my middle, my middle. 
I could see them losing six and maybe like dropping to both Dallas and Tennessee, or maybe losing two within the division if the Lions have a good week or something, or the Bears are the Bears at one point. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I think they'll for sure win their division and they should up with, end up with a one or two seed. Yeah. Also, to bring it way back around before we move on, the Bills are the Super Bowl favorites. That's yeah. Bills, Bucks, Chiefs, Rams, Packers. So. No Bucks, Chiefs, Rams, Packers. Interesting. Yep. That yeah, that's interesting. Even with Rams is the interesting one because it's I mean they're the favorite or the uh, champion, so that's right. kind of inflated. But they also have a harder division. They have a harder division this... with one less weapon, and Stafford seems to be hurt-ish. So. Yeah, there's already that about the elbow surgery that he had yep which is already like preloading for when Stafford just gets brutal brutalized by by sacks and everything like that right we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, okay, that's our season predictions. We're excited to cover it with uh, for you guys all the season. But let's get into week one. Starting off, it's seemingly what the NFL did this year was like rivals week, week one, like akin to like college football and like revenge games or whatever it is. There, there's so many fun week ones um, this week. I'm in a, a, a keeper pool in the GSPN Discord just for fun doing with some of the members in there. And man, was it hard to pick against the spread for, for uh, for this week. Like it's, uh, Buffalo Rams isn't really a, a revenge game to start the year, but Saints Falcons, Pittsburgh Bengals, uh, just a lot of division games to start the year. Mm-hmm. So it'll, be, it'll be a really fun week of football, week one. Um, but yeah, the Vikings made some changes this off season. The biggest of note is that they they fired Mike Zimmer. They finally got uh, rid of him and Kirk Cousins. That sort of squashing that beef between them and just saying, Mike, you've had enough. You haven't done enough for us lately. Goodbye. And GM I, too, right? 
Yes, I am. Spielman. Yeah. Rick Spielman. I'm pretty sure he's gone. Yep. Right? Yes. So then um, they hired Kevin O'Connell, which is interesting going into the week one matchup because Kevin O'Connell was also is also under the Sean McVay coaching tree. Coached the LA Rams uh, offensive, was the offensive coordinator for two years, I believe. Um, yeah. And was part of the Super Bowl winning team last year. So Super Bowl experience, they just... They just want it. It'll be interesting to see how he uses these fun weapons that the Vikings do have, and Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook, of course. Um, and seeing how he handles those or balances those players with Kirk Cousins. Like Kirk Cousins is almost—he's an enigma to me because he feels like he has just like good stats every year, but it just doesn't translate to winning for some reason. And so it'll be a fun. Should say fun. It'll be interesting to see how they develop throughout the year, the first year under Kevin O'Connell, after they decided they didn't want to hire Jim Harbaugh. When that happened, I was just like, man, please hire Jim Harbaugh. You know you know, you want to do it, Vikings. You, you want to hire Jim Harbaugh to be your football head coach. You know you do, but alas, they they somehow didn't after being like at the one-yard line, to use a, an analogy. The, they, they missed it like Gary Anderson missed that field goal against the Falcons. Oh, no. I said it. I said it. <laughs> yeah, do you have any thoughts on, on Kevin O'Connell and just their new coaching change uh, coming away from Mike Zimmer? Um, certainly seemed like things had run their course even yeah. beyond this last season. Um, you could easily make the case that they probably should have done both because I believe they re-signed Kirk Cousins. They did. Is it? They extended him, which yep. interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is the other thing too. Like, I mean, we were Packers fans were certainly facing this um, uh, the wilderness. I would say, right? It is not easy to have a good quarterback. No, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard, and it's very hard to keep them healthy over the course of the season. Right. As we've seen with the Rodgers getting hurt uh, twice. And one year they sneaked, uh, snuck in. I said almost said sneaked in. Uh, snuck into the playoffs on, under just incredible circumstances. And I believe still won a playoff game that year. I, have, I think. Have the, no, that, have the that, Vikings no. made the playoffs with Kirk Cousins? I don't think they have. I don't think so. I think the only time with, he's. Uh, what's his dumb name? The Dink and Dunk quarterback. Uh, Case Keenum. Yeah, with Case Keenum, that was one. That was he was because Case or because Kirk Cousins was the guy that they upgraded from Case Keenum. Right. Because that was after the Minneapolis miracle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Also, they yeah, he they extended Kirk Cousins for they added one year onto his current deal, so it brings him through the end of next season. So two years essentially in this system. Oh, okay. So basically, they they were avoiding this year being like a lame duck year. Yep. Okay. Yeah, 35, that, 35 million for the one-year extension. That kind of makes sense. Yes. Um, especially if you're not, they cut Kellen Mond, not that he was going to be their quarterback of the future, but like, it was clear that they didn't really have any backup plans. New GM to new coach. Right. Can you, they obviously have the weapons available to really take this offense to new heights. I mean, Justin Jefferson alone could be an MVP, the MVP, that he could be that, like have that special of a season where if the Vikings 
win the division and make the playoffs with the team that they have constructed. Je- Justin Jefferson is probably going to be the biggest reason why. <laughs> right. Um, um, I was mistaken. They did make the playoffs um, two years ago with Kurt. The Cousins. COVID year? Uh, 2019. Sorry. 2019? Yep. Who did they play? The Saints, weirdly enough. That was not the Minneapolis Miracle. The Minneapolis Miracle is now, uh, that was 2017. <laughs> it seems like it was. What? That was five years ago. Wow. Oh, yeah, that would make sense then, because that was during McCarthy's last stand, essentially. Yeah. They played the Saints in the playoffs? I am. Yeah. They does show you how they, my memory they is. Beat him in overtime. So, overtime? What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. So. So yeah, they made the playoffs two years ago. They uh, finished second in the division and beat the Saints in overtime, then lost to the Niners. Which is when that was when the Packers lost to the Niners and then that's a championship game. A chip, that's okay. Yeah, that so, is making a lot more sense now. Yes. So okay. So since Kirk Cousins is second year in the system, they haven't made the playoffs. They went third and then in the COVID year and then second last year, seven and nine and then eight and nine. Yeah, um, Devin Cook suspended? Not suspended? Nope, he, he's playing. He stays healthy. There was something that was that last year, or am I mixing up years? That was too? last year, I believe. That was last year. It was it was yeah. one of the recent years, like where I think he was suspended. Yes. Another guy though that he's when he's on the field, he's top five running back, arguably. Yep. Has to stay healthy. That's like has his, to stay healthy. His biggest thing is. But they. Madison is kind of an interesting. Uh, he, I don't know. Maybe if he if that happens again, hopefully for Vikings' sake that it doesn't. But right. he's not a bad lead back for them. But yeah, I, I just think this the offense is clearly known, um, and what they're capable. Of. They, there's been a lot of I don't follow a lot of Vikings reporters or fans, but there's been a lot of talk about this the Irv Smith tight end. Yeah, I like him. He's he's been he backed up Kyle Rudolph for a number of years. Yeah. His he has the same issue as Delvin, Delvin Cook though, is that he needs to oh. stay healthy. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, he had I think he like hurt his thumb in like training camp and they were like, he might be ready for week one. But I think he's right. I think he's gonna play. But that was the same thing as I said. He recovered he was covering from an ACL last year, came into camp, then healthy, and then he hurt his thumb in training camp. So he has to stay healthy. Defense too, I think that Anthony Barr not on the team anymore. He was kind of their, I would say their base of at least like the middle. He was their tone setter defensively in terms of just being a middle linebacker and all that. Right. So kind of a changing of the guard in that situation. So Patrick Peterson's on this team. Yes. He, he, uh, believe. yep. He, he, he resigned. If, yeah, that's right. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting for the Packers, this game to, how their receivers go because like their cornerbacks aren't the fastest and Dobbs and Watson can fly. Yes. So like if they play, I think the um the move is going to be stretch the field with one of them and see how they can get their chances down the field. Because like Harrison Smith is still there, I believe. If I'm uh I'm not mistaken. Yes, you're correct. Yep. So he's going to be like their veteran safety in that secondary, but I believe their other safety is unproven. Yeah, rookie. They drafted a rookie uh, safety in the first round. Right. So, sign. Yeah, so testing him 
with the deep ball is going to be something that I think Rodgers wants to do. If they, if he feels confident in Watson and Dobbs being able to track those balls down and get those big chunk plays that we like to see, that Rodgers likes to throw, essentially. So that'll be something to watch for this game is those shots downfield. I expect a heavy run load early and some slants yes. to like Cobb or Tunyon over the middle just to get the ball moving and keep pounding Dylan and Jones. It's almost like a, it's going to be like a release valve. Yeah. Those, the big chunk plays where it's like you're setting it up for like the, it's the quiet part of the song and then it's like the chorus kicks in. It's like, okay, we're going to go <laughs> balls to the wall and throw right. it deep. And that are, will either decide the game one way or the other. Yeah. Conversely, I guess, what do you think about um, the Vikings as offensive weapons against defense with Jefferson, Thielen, and then now Jalen Rager going against Jair Alexander, Jair Alexander, Russell Douglas, Eric Stokes, and the like of our, our defense? I am very excited. I, uh, I identify with the defense more often because I think it's more fascinating. That's where you can easily just fall in love with like, oh, like, oh, this guy didn't produce. So this guy, it's like, they just need to do better. But like, you, when you're watching defense, you kind of just see how football is made. The sausage is made. That's probably the word yeah. after analogy. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, it's top flight quarterback against top flight receiver. Like that's the best of the best. Yeah. So who's going to win that matchup between Alexander and Jefferson is going to be really interesting. But even this is the Packers secondary that's from a couple of years ago where it's like, okay, like you have Jair, but it's very top heavy. This is about as I would say uh, is vaulted, vaunted, vaunted the word I'm looking for. I think stout. Yeah. Well, let's go stout. <laughs> yeah. That's strong. Let's, I'll just be a, a normal deep. person. Just a, deep. There we go. Um, it's it's never been this stacked. There we go. I'll just say that it, it's never been this stacked. We got there. Um, in a long time. Um, being a Packers fan, and again, Razul Douglas was found money. They somehow <laughs> were able to keep him around for Love it. a couple more seasons too. And it's kind of like the perfect energy guy. Like I don't expect him to be you know the. <laughs> same opportunist in terms of just like getting interceptions at the right time constantly, but like right. he just fits with where this Packers team is. And it was just honestly shocking that he didn't, he was bouncing around the league because he still was, had proven himself in Philadelphia previously. It's crazy that he is the nickel corner. Yeah. Like Alexander one Stokes two, your two safeties in uh, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. And then that's like sort of your base. Yep. And then you have Razul Douglas as your nickel corner, which is insane. Insane. It's, and yeah, so there, that's where it's a little nerve-wracking is we can't get any injuries there because then it falls off a cliff. But kind of it, when they're healthy, that's a tough secondary. Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, Devontae Campbell, I know that's part of the reason why he came to Green Bay is that he just didn't want to be a cover linebacker. Yep. Um all of his career because I mean that kind of has a shelf life eventually. Mm-hmm. But he's proven it's not just covering tight ends. He could cover wideouts. It's not something you want to lean on a lot. Right. And the Packers are certainly uh insulated themselves that they don't have to do that. But uh 
I still feel very, I, I definitely think it's top heavy and you don't, as you said, you don't want to lose anybody obviously in that part of the roster, but I would say that's probably maybe their strongest part of the whole roster. Can always make a case that the linebacker is too. I don't know. Right. <laughs> that's, it's the gifts. It's the, the gift that keeps on giving, obviously. Right. Absolutely. And so staying on the topic of defense and with this Minnesota Vikings team there, other big addition was or Packer, the Darius Smith, who on uh, the date of recording this, which is the 8th, it is Thursday, uh, a little bit of drama got released today with Zadarius Smith talking about um, his time in Green Bay and how he didn't necessarily feel that he was treated right. So this is uh, from Tyler, I think it's Dune, D-U-N-N-E. Yes, or Dunn. Dunn. Dunn, Tyler Dunn. Uh, was talked to Zadarius Smith and said, um, "Quote: I was perceived here in the building. I came, I came down to here to a nobody. To everybody in the building, I was like, damn, why am I being treated like this? I brought the culture. I helped change that shit. Why the fuck am I the one being treated like that? And end quote. And so that's kind of weird. That I should say weird. He was he didn't hold anything back talking about the Packers and coming away from Green Bay last year. I think." It's going, you're never really going to know what really happened or why it really happened. I think it's sort of telling, and not to be a homer or anything like that, but it's sort of telling that he went from a captain, I think it was a second year here. Yes. Yeah. Voted by the team as a the defensive captain. Even then, maybe even the first year. Right. He was definitely captain one of two for the early parts of his time in Green Bay. But then last year, wasn't voted captain at all like the team said no so like i think that that says a lot about how the team uh sort of thought about zadarius and what he kind of brought or what his attitude brought or whatever it may be it is sort of telling that way yeah i, I mean his points are valid he was a culture changer especially right where the team was coming out of the mccarthy era and a new coach Defense had certainly been lacking for a long time up to that point. He was the figurehead of that and had incredibly successful seasons. Uh, on a personal note, he was my favorite Packer of the last couple of years. I even have a Zadarius Smith jersey, and that's gone to crap. <laughs> but I will probably wear it still. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, I, again, everything it says is spot on because of the situation that he walked into how the Packers raised that, that side of the ball. And that was, I mean, the first year that he was there and the flu was in, in, in the building, his defense really carried that team. Yep. And that it changed from defense having questions, injuries obviously coming about, eventually hitting Zedarius. And, you know, with all the contract restructurings that they've had to do over the last few years and all the veterans, everybody has had, you know, their piece of the pie taken away from them in hopes of, Hey, down the line, we have this carrot waiting for you. And, you know, maybe you'll be rewarded. Eventually it was going to hit someone that you thought was going to be a mainstay. I mean, personally, I think, I think coming into the last year, I think the, general thought was that that would be like Preston Smith or yeah um 
you know, obviously that Aaron Rodgers saga was holding over everything, but like, um, I think that's where it was standing. Yeah, like the idea that it was going to be Preston Smith that was going to be in the sort of the Zadarius spot because he didn't play well his second year here. He was kind of no, he had a lot more to prove. He had a lot more to prove, and he did prove it last year. He was really good last year. Yep. And so to see it kind of flip and go to Zadarius is interesting. And I'm with you. Like Zadarius was a really fun player. I cheered for him week in week out last year when he was here because all three years that he was here because he had such a great story having played one year of high school football and then proving himself in college and making the NFL, like he had a really good story. It's just a shame that he feels the way he does coming out of uh, Green Bay. And he has that huge chip on his shoulder for how he was perceived to be treated. So, which is why he said he wanted to play Minnesota. Like he wants to. Oh, and to, and to... Plus two, like <laughs> he follows. Uh, Greg Jennings Mike... and Mike McCarthy. Really but even Mike Penn's there and Mike Smith, yeah. who's the linebacker's coach. Also, kind of, again, kind of a, a similar situation where it's not Guten Kuhn's first year, but a whole new regime change. It's kind of lined up for where how Zedarius entered Green Bay right. to where he is in Minnesota. Right. And obviously, he got paid pretty well, even considering all the questions about his back and that's the other thing is that like he played not much uh during the regular season but i would still say that he was pretty productive in that game against the 49ers during the playoffs like yeah there's he's he was all pro here and it's i don't think that's gonna discontinue it's just it's a shame that things ended the way they did because again i i don't think I think fans will appreciate what he gave him and hopefully that from that angle, he'll respect that. But obviously, right. you know, what happens between manager and player always is going to have a chance to be, to end in sour grapes one way or the other. Right. So looking towards the, towards the game, I think depending on who plays, if Bakhtiari and Jenkins play and, and Lazard play, I think they have a, the Packers have a significant chance to win this game. Like, higher than 80%, they probably win the game if everybody's healthy plays. I think if they, if Bakhtiari doesn't play, if Jenkins doesn't play, and Lazard is either playing or isn't fully healthy, that number drops a bit to, like, 50-60. Because I think the pa- or the Vikings are going to come up with having something to prove, and they really want to get this year off on the right foot with their new head coach, with this new system and stick it to the Packers. Yeah. They have they have ways to really hone in on the running game, make their the Packers young wide receivers prove themselves. Yep. Um I think there's just an obvious game plan from that standpoint just to kind of just bare bones it, but like it is what it is, especially when Alan Lazard is such a kind of security blanket for Rodgers. You don't have that. It kind of falls on Randall Cobb. And then it just goes down, you know, what can Romeo Dobbs do in his first NFL game? What can right. Christian Watson do in his first NFL game? His first act, any NFL game, no, no preseason. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that too. That's right. always that's always a tough one to do too, right. where it's given how few games you play, even with another game added in, it's just like you kind of are on a, a tough, if you're injured to start training camp and work your way with limited time, you know, it's the timing of like when you can finally break through, it might not always hit the way that you want it. Right. Especially just an unproven player that has no 
familiarity play in the NFL. It's just, it's not easy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it truth be told, if Randall Cobb's the leading receiver this week, I don't want to see the score of the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> but the, the good thing that we have going for us is we have week one, Sammy Watkins, baby week one, Sammy Watkins. I kind of keep, I keep overlooking that he's on this team, but he, it's, it's, I don't know. It's an interesting bet that they're making with him because he has shown to be a productive player. Mm-hmm. Injuries have affected him, but is kind of the type of receiver that they have wanted and targeted. I know MVS kind of was all speed and he was, I, I think M- MVS got a bad rap. I think he played as well as he could possibly play to Green Bay drops aside. I, I think he, made his mark here but right Watkins is just kind of an interesting player that I really have no expectations for this right he's in still, part because of what preceded him right he's still only 29 like he's still young yeah. and if it works out it works out really well so like if he's if he works out and we can sign him to a longer deal then that'll work out well for us but yeah do like a Campbell type situation yep exactly so it'll be interesting I'm, I'm really excited for uh for week one uh, Jordan, do you have anything else to say on the matchup? Is there any other uh, anything else you want to go over about the game before we uh, start to wrap up? Um, again, I, I probably glossed over it, but Packers had the best running back duo in the league. I'm very excited by watching how they utilize Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. AJ yeah. Dillon, especially, this is kind of his third year coming off a really good year last year. Um, and has shown, I know when he was drafted, it wasn't as big of a story as when they obviously drafted Jordan Love. Uh, but it was also like, why are you drafting a running back in the second round, especially a guy that's had a lot of miles on his, under his belt and seemed very one-dimensional and AJ Dillon has proven that he's not that at all. Right. He's really improved as a pass catcher. And it's part of what the Packers are leaning on more in terms of this, like, diversified offense that isn't just, you know, relying on Devontae Adams to be magic every week. Right. So I think from that standpoint, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I think you look at all the players and look at all the changes that have been made on both sides of the ball. I think it's just ultimately from a Packers perspective, it's just like, this could be, where we truly see how Matt LaFleur has always wanted to make the Packers. Right. And it's not easy to say that in year four and you still have your star quarterback. You still have a lot of what's of the players that have been there from the beginning since when LaFleur came in, Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of an interesting um, team building process that has gone on in green Bay when they have been a very successful team and obviously have missed out on the Super Bowl. Right. Just even going to the Super Bowl. Exactly. We mentioned we have one of the uh, the best running by tandems. Can't forget we have Aaron Rodgers. Anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a chance to win. So He's pretty good. We kind of did the, the Eurostep uh, bit where Todd and Rohan always were to talk about Giannis. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of where it is. Yeah. There's just so many other like fascinating things about this team that I'm more excited about. Than to watch Aaron Rodgers play, like that's just yep. really all. And it's not to diminish anything Aaron Rodgers is no, and how his ability and like that. It's just that like he's such a proven 
yeah. commodity. I'm more excited about seeing how Aaron Rodgers throws to Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, or how Aaron Rodgers looks with possibly a new offensive uh, scheme to go with these this running by tandem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, I won't put, unless you want to do it, I'm not huge on score predictions, but I'm, I'll leave it up to you if you want to. I'll do it. I'll do it for football because it's just more fun. Okay, um, so we can do it for football. Thirty-one twenty, Packers. Thirty-one twenty, Packers. I'm going. I'm not, to... I'm not calling Scorigami here yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go a little closer. I think I'm gonna go. You said thirty-one twenty. I'm gonna go thirty twenty-four, Packers. Mm. That sounds right. Yeah, around that area. I don't think yeah. they like blow the roof off of US Bank. But I don't think it's like a defensive stalwart game either. No. Yeah, very early season game. Yep. And mis- it's easier to bank on mistakes being made earlier in the year from I mean, whether it's the Packers or their opponent. That, like, I think scores get inflated, then it just naturally trails down, especially as the weather <laughs> turns too. But I think just, like, in terms of, like, how – is someone just going to blow a read and Packers just get, like, an 80-yard touchdown because – Someone forgot to cover right. a zone or whatever. That's where I I've always kind of <laughs> seen how the schedule goes or that way. Right. Awesome. So that's it. Week one, Sunday, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, give me one second here. New or I'm sorry, three twenty-five on Fox. So get your uh your favorite it's beverage. Jo- it's not joy. Uh, joy. I was about to fuse them together. It's not Joe Buck and Troy Aikman anymore. It's, their, no, it's, not. it's a different number one team. Well, I forget who they signed. It's nobody inspired. Oh, I think it might be Greg Olson. He might be one of the... And... Tessa Torrey is ESPN, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, I forget who the the play-by-play guy is. Kevin Burkhart? Mm-hmm. Kevin Burkhart? I think Kevin Burkhart. Yeah. Fox... NFL. Not to get run down and uh, announcing yeah. cruised. <laughs> uh, it is Greg Olson until Tom Brady retires, according yeah. to SI. Um, I think it would be Andrew or Kevin Burkhart. So. I don't know why I said Andrew. Yeah, Kevin Burkhart and then Greg Olson. So. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Jordan, thank you for joining joining me today. Remember, everybody, to go check out the Win in Six feed for Jordan's great, 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 great Larry Costello um, audio essay. Do you want to talk about that for a second at all, sort of what it entails before we wrap up? Yeah, it's just about um, Larry Costello's life, uh, uh, primarily his basketball life, but just kind of interesting tidbits that um, took me a long time to fully uncover, and there's a lot more to that we'll get into in a later date. But yeah, just kind of, again, just how a long time coming it is for his family and just what he meant to the NBA when it was still very young and unproven and uh, wasn't the path that it leads today for a lot of players, uh, all players, I would say. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it just kind of gives a glimpse into a big Bucks figure that, nowadays isn't really talked about as much in part because the team is successful again but like it's still worth kind of reflecting on what 
his um, accomplishments mean and how it established a certain uh, model of success in Milwaukee. Right. If you didn't know, Larry Costello, the uh, NBA Finals winning coach for that 1971 team, right? Yes, exactly. I did. I had to make sure that I didn't uh, <laughs> really flub it there. But yeah, uh, a coach who, from reading your, uh, reading your, your reading the 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 written version of your audio essay, was a fascinating person. Just a really cool story. So I'm excited to to hear you narrate it and and go through it. So go check that out, guys. And as always, please smash that subscribe button, like. Rate, Smash it. Review. Uh, if you review it, you can get into the GSPN Discord. And as such, we have a review Ooh. from uh, from one. His name is uh, his name is Joey, according to the review. And it's quote: "Love to listen to the fellows discuss the Packers. Looking forward to a fun season. If Mister Brightside's takes are as hot as him <laughs> in a pair of jean shorts, I expect a great season." That is a. Uh, an inside joke from my college roommate who calls himself, uh, rather, Ty and I call him Joey. His name is Jake. Thank you, Jake, for the review. And please keep that story to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to leave another review just like that or like uh, Logan's from a couple weeks ago, go ahead, send an email to, I think it's on the GSPN. Go, go to gspn.info. All of it's there. You mm. can get into the Discord with your review with a screenshot and a five-star rating. So, Thank you guys for listening. We will be back again on Monday with a post-game pod of the Packers' first game against the Vikings. So, Jordan, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.